Hello, fuckers and fuckettes. How you doing today? I know I posted on a couple things saying I didn't do a recording on the podcast on my travels today. And I hadn't this morning. Roads weren't that good. It was kind of foggy and a little icy. Because, you know, I live in the north. I live in Canada. Where, if you don't like the weather, wait five fucking minutes. Because it's bound to change. But, uh, I've been thinking a lot about my bully. And I think it's time for me to touch a little bit on my bully. Uh, I know this could be possibly a hard episode for some of my friends to listen to because years and years and years ago we were all a little bit broken and all our broken pieces fit perfectly together to make us whole again and when we lost my bully I think that whole never emptied in some of us and in other ones when he left he left that hole in them so it's it's kind of a hard one I've been kind of dreading this one for a while but I need to do it he was a huge huge part in my life he's one of my big brothers one of the ones that helped uh, smack me around and dummy me up when I needed it Sometimes, if he wasn't being just as retarded right next to me. (laughs) Or worse than me in some cases. So, my bully, he was a big ginger. What was he? He was probably, I want to say 6'2", 6'3", and never under 275 pounds. And he was not a fat guy. Well, he he was getting a little soft before he passed, but... Uh, he used to he was the first chronic out of all of my close friends I almost think he come out of his mom with a doobie hanging out of his face (laughs) and we used to roll around in Crazy Jay's Camaro all the time 84 IROC Z28 with the T-tops nice car pile fuck like five or six of us in that thing and we'd go out and we'd hot box the shit out of that car well my bully the one day we just finished smoking a bull and he was famous for branding his family (laughs) and he said something about giving me his arm and me just being fucking baked out of my head not even thinking knowing he had the hot bowl in his hand I stuck my arm up over the seat and he grabbed a hold of my hand and he fucking pulled it down and put the pipe to my skin and branded me with his fucking pipe. I still have the scar from it. I was so fucking mad at him for branding me. But now every time I look at that scar on my arm, I fucking laugh. Because my big dumbass bully... had to have all of us branded I think he got pretty much every one of us 
He was marking his goddamn territory. That's one of the reasons why I call him my bully. He was, uh, like I said, he was a pretty big dude. I was, growing up, I was always about 5'11 and 3 quarters, roughly right in that mark. I never did hit 6 feet. And with all the issues with my back now, I'm fucking shrinking, so. And I weighed, uh, when I was young like that, I topped the scales, I think, at my heaviest at 175 pounds. So I wasn't a very big guy. And he used to throw me around and beat on me and he'd push me. He'd push and push and push. And, Come on, hit me back, hit me back. And he used to get fucking high. He'd get so baked that he'd just sit there as he was fucking picking at us. And he'd have that great big dumb fucking smile on his face. I can see it now. And those big fucking ginger auburn eyes of his. Oh, fuck, I miss him so much. This is going to be a hard one, and I'm going to kind of jump all over. Because there's so many stories about him. And I kind of want to make sure everybody understands why I call him my bully. But yeah, he, he would he'd pick on us and flick us. And the higher he got the funnier he thought it was to pick on us. And in block nine, with, uh, in, in the Ginger Turtles apartment in block nine, we used to get just baked and play video games. And we'd play 007 on the Nintendo 64. And my bully, that cocksucker, he was a camper and he always used odd job. A tiny little fucker and he'd find a spot to hide where he could get to anybody that was trying to get to him and he'd fucking snipe us and then he'd laugh like even in the video games he was just a fucking bully <laughs> about one time we were actually at the ginger turtles apartment and we were playing WWE wrestling I think and I could never beat him in the game and this day I beat him. Well, and of course, me being the mouthy, lippy little shit I was, I had to rub it right into his fucking face. Well, he got up off the floor faster than I realized what was going on. And that motherfucker <laughs> did pretty much every move to me that I did to him in the game. And laughed and said, You finally beat me on the TV. You ever gonna beat me in reality? <laughs> oh fuck do I miss him and uh the same apartment I think it was my first time doing mushrooms but me and him were standing out on the balcony and there was a couple of us we'd done a walk over to 7-Eleven and gotten slurpees and we're standing out there and we're just talking and he's kind of trying to walk me through a little bit of my high and somebody bumped the balcony. It was a metal balcony railing, and if you bumped it, the whole fucking thing shook. Well, I had my slushy sitting on the, or my slurpee, sitting right on the edge, because I thought it was safe there. Well, I'm not sure if it was my bully that bumped it, or if it was King, or Fifi, or maybe the Ginger Turtle, or whoever it was. 
But you see how, like, I'm out there tripping balls, just really, really starting to trip, hitting my first peak of my first time doing mushrooms. And all of a sudden, I swear, the building jumped from being three stories high to about eight stories high. And that fucking slurpy cup slowed right down as it was spinning going down and it hit the fucking patio underneath it on the ground floor well we'd had a, we'd had issues with that guy before because there was always crap going over the balcony up there accidentally uh the ginger turtle had a daughter that was there once in a while and she'd push her toys over well that pretty much full Slurpy cup hitting the ground, set that motherfucker off. And I'm just standing there in awe, like, what did I just see? Then all of a sudden, the fucking balcony door from that guy's floor, like from that guy's balcony, shoots wide open. Well, I didn't hear it. My bully and everybody else that was out on the balcony fucking heard it. And they all dove inside. So here I am standing out there tripping balls on mushrooms so tripped out that my slush just fell eight stories and I'm only on a three story apartment building and this guy starts screaming and yelling at me and I'm just like I'm sorry and I'm almost in tears and I go back inside can't find any of them go looking I found a couple of them here and a couple of them there like but the one I wanted to find, I couldn't fucking find. My bully, he was the one that was going to save us <laughs> if this fucking screaming lunatic came upstairs. Well, I couldn't find him. And then a couple of minutes later, I hear giggling coming out of one of the fucking closets. So I go over and I check. Well, the big fucker is sitting in the closet giggling at something. I don't even know what the fuck he's giggling about. And he looks up at me, he's like, he didn't come upstairs, did he? I don't want to deal with that right now. I'm way too fucking high. Well, here I am thinking, fuck you, you big cunt. I'm the smallest dude here. And you fuckers run away my first time doing this shit. (laughs) And you fuckers run away and hide and leave me out there to deal with it. But the shit like that with him never did phase me. Because he was like me, fucking well, like all of us, just fucking whacked out of his head 98% of the time. Now I guess I better jump a few years. No, it'd be a couple years back, I guess. I hadn't known him very long. And uh, me and him were fighting about something. And. It got bad. He said something. I said something. And we were dropping him off at a buddy's place with one of the Justin's mom's Chevy Luminous right across from the hospital. Well, he's getting out of the car and we're still beaking back and forth at each other. And he said something that set me off. I don't even remember what it was. But I was so fucking mad. I tried climbing over top of, I think it was Brent, and out the window to get at him. 
And we didn't talk for a week or two, and then it was like nothing fucking happened again. Well, he ended up living with me quite a few years later. (laughs) And uh, he was working at one of the strip clubs. He was bouncing there. And I remember seeing this picture. This picture got sent to me through text message. And it was of my bully fucking laying the boots to this guy out the back door of the strip club. Well, my bully was getting to, getting pretty close with this dancer. We'll we'll call her by her stage name, Riley. So he's getting pretty close with Riley, and this guy did something that made Riley very very uncomfortable. And my bully was never. A gentle guy when it kind of came to removing guys from the club that had done something wrong to a girl or made the girls feel uncomfortable. Well, this guy pushed it a little too far and beaked at my bully, and <laughs> my bully went to fire him out the back door and forgot that the door was a pull, not a push. <laughs> so this picture comes through. And it's my bully laying the fucking boots to this guy all back because right after he threw him out, this guy tries coming back in and starts beaking at my bully. My bully looked at the manager. From what I understand, I wasn't there. This is all hearsay on this one. But looked at the manager and said, I'm taking my lunch break and walked out the back door and laid the fucking boots to this guy. There's a picture of him mid-swing lifting this guy back up off the ground so he could stroke him and knock him back onto the ground again. He was... He he was... He was a rowdy fuck. But like I said, he was a big guy. And if he couldn't scare you with intimidation, he'd make you fucking pay for it. And, uh... I know some of you are out there just laughing and you're getting all kinds of memories about him now yourself. And for those of you, I'm glad. I'm glad that your the memories are coming back because we can't forget that big fucker. I'm smiling ear to ear right now just talking about him. But uh, he was living with me and Riley was living there. Or no, it was before Riley even moved in. <laughs> and we got into some kind of an argument again and he grabbed me and he flipped me upside down <laughs> in the chair so I'm my head's where my ass should be in the chair and McQuagmire was there and McQuagmire was videoing this while my bully fucking gives me a swat in my bag like full on arm all the way up and whipped his fingers and bagged me. You could hear the whip sound when it hit me in the video before his hand even made contact. That was probably the worst shot to the balls I ever took. It was either that one or the one I got from LL Cool T. But we'll discuss that another time. And then... uh, he was living with me (laughs) I'd been out in the bush working for 60 days or something like that we had this 
uncomfortable furniture. Uncomfortable as fuck. And I, I come home, pockets loaded with cash. I was like, fuck it, let's go. So we went down to uh, the place where Captain's dad was selling furniture. And there was a really nice set that was on sale. And I loved the look of it. But I didn't know if I wanted to spend the money. And I don't remember if my bully forced me to sit down. Or he talked Captain's dad into getting me to sit down. But it was one of the two. And as soon as I sat down, my bully just looked at the Captain's dad and said, He'll take it. Go write it up. That same day, we went up to the mall. And we went into the store called San Francisco. If you don't remember the San Francisco store, it was like Spencer's, only better. And they had those little mini geo quads at the time. And this fucking chick was pretty hot that was working there. And we're goofing around, and I'm liquored right up. And I'm talking about buying one of them, and she comes out. Well, he's flirting her up and trying to talk me into buying this thing because he wants to watch me kill myself on it, I'm sure. <laughs> and I was like, well, I don't think I'd even fit on it. And he looks at her and he says, well, can he sit on it to see if he'll fit? And she says, no, can't do it. I can't let people sit on it. Well, my bully looks at her and goes, you know, if you let him sit on it, I'll guarantee you he'll fucking buy it. <laughs> Well, sure as shit. I sit on it, I fit. I just throw the fucking cash at her. Pick it up over my shoulder and off we go. One more... (laughs) Scrap between me and my bully. Oh my. This one was fucking horrible. He was living with me in my trailer. And we got scrapping over something. Or no, he was trying to be fucking funny. I was hung right over and he was trying to be funny. And he tried to pin me down and he was going to pour syrup down my ass crack. Well, that was too fucking far that day. I just wasn't having none of it. You're not putting syrup down my ass crack. There was a line and he crossed the fucking line that day. So I started fighting back and I got the syrup out of his hand and I fired it across the fucking living room. Or no, down the hallway into the living room. Well, it hit the corner of his fucking TV and the bottle of syrup blew up. There was syrup on his TV. There was syrup on his TV stand. There was syrup on the stereo. And there's this big fucking broken bottle of syrup laying on the floor, soaking in. And I don't know if any of you have ever tried to get syrup and I mean like copious amounts out of a carpet, it doesn't work. When we all ended up moving out of the trailer and putting it up for sale, we had to remove the carpet. And to get the carpet off in that spot because it was so fucking sticky and hard and just fucking gross, we had to cut the carpet around that hole and hammer at it with... uh, Ice picks for scraping the like ice ice scrapers for scraping the snow. <coughs> I was actually starting to think we were going to have to cut a chunk of the floor out. 
But when he saw that hit his fucking TV, he snapped and it was fucking on. I don't remember who else was there on that one, but but Quagmire might have been on there there for that one too, because I think he was living there at the time. Yeah, it was it was interesting to say the least. And I can't remember if it was my bully or if it was somebody. No, 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 it wasn't my bully. But my bully was a petroleum transfer technician the entire time I was a teenager. He was a gas jockey. That's what he was. But he refused to say petroleum or to say gas jockey. He had to be called a petroleum transfer technician. And he worked night shift a lot. So we'd go there and we'd hide in the car wash and smoke doobies and just bullshit with him about the dumbest, weirdest shit. But. <laughs> my my daughter her and her uncle <laughs> man were they they, they they were something else she was pissed off at him the one day we were in the mall and he was trying to make it better and she wouldn't tell him what kind of orange Julius he wanted so he bought her like three different fucking flavors of orange Julius we go back outside to the wife's minivan and my bully jumps in the back seat and he refused to wear a seatbelt. Fucking refused. But my daughter knew that if she jumped on him and wouldn't move, he'd put a seatbelt on because then it was protecting her. So they started they started arguing <coughs> when he wouldn't let her on because he knew what she was trying to do. And he said so they were beaking back and forth, having some kind of stupid little argument. And he said, I'll kick you. And she spun around and just shot him the evilest eyes I've ever seen. And says, I will fucking cut you. He just froze. Gets a big dumb look on his face. Boy, that sure escalated quickly. <laughs> so many stories of him. Oh, fuck do I miss him. But I was, uh, I, when, when he passed away on us, he had a car accident and he didn't make it. But he, his favorite thing to drink was baby duck. So when a bunch of us were in the city where he ended up in the ICU, the first night we were all there together. None of us could stand fucking baby duck. But he always had to bring the baby duck out for any kind of special occasion. New Year's Eve's birthdays, whatever. He had to bring fucking baby duck. So we all went out and grabbed ourselves a little bottle of baby duck to cheers him off. We all knew what was going on. Even if he would have made it through that car accident, it wouldn't have been a life for him. But it was, it was a sad fucking, really sad time in my life. But I'm sure you could tell from listening to the tone of my voice and 
the way I'm talking about him, he was he was definitely a brother. He was definitely family. My kids, still to this day, he's been gone now. Fuck, almost six years, I think. Five or six years this year. And my kids still always talk about him. So he had not only a very, very good impact on my life and a bad impact on my life, depending on the day, but he had a good impact on my kids. Never had any kids of his own, but he's got lots of nieces and nephews out there that know him, and he's got another niece and nephew, or another niece, or sorry, another nephew that was just born, and he's got that same troubled smile. <laughs> so I, I kind of laughed at uh, my bully's, well, I guess it would be my bully's niece that had this baby. And I, as soon as I saw the picture, I just laughed and I went, that's your uncle. That's the same shit disturbing grin. So she's going to have fun with him. But on that note, everybody, I'm going to end this one. I don't know what we're at for time. I don't really care. That's all I have to talk about for, for him right now. I just, I don't really have much else to say, but... My bully, you best be waiting at the crossroads for me when I come. Because that's what I'm going to be looking forward to. Love you, brother.